Hey guys, welcome to the Demand Better Podcast. Thank you for joining us. And this episode, we are lucky enough to be joined by Aaron Clark. And of course, as always, my co-host, David Corona. Both of them over in New York City. I am jealous of their food uh, that they have going on over there. And uh, I'm over here in Colorado. This is an important conversation. I'm really glad we had this episode. And I really encourage you guys to participate in the conversation. Join in. Share with us any of your cultural barriers you've been exposed to uh, that, that limit your ability to participate in any kind of fitness. So we invite you all to, again, participate, jump in, join the conversation, and let's go. We are live. I don't know if anybody here or listening watches Space Force, but this is a uh, major part of Space Force, and I just finished the, the latest season. Uh, very relaxing song, and I chose this song because David just was in lovely Aruba. So if you notice his tan, that's where it came from. How, tell us real quick about Aruba, my friend. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. 85 and sunny every single day, and very fortunate to be able to go there and spend some time with my lovely girlfriend, and we had a blast. We had an absolute blast. So jealous, because the weather has been up and down here in New York. Uh, I won't tell you guys what the weather is about to be here in Colorado. We're we're we're, we're going to be in negative numbers the next three days. So it's nice here today. Today, today. Yeah, <laughs> we are in February. For anyone <laughs> listening in, Corona and Aaron are in the New York City metro area. And Manhattan. I, I am over here in Colorado, Superior, Colorado. Anyway, uh, y'all want to talk about the wedding you just attended that I wasn't invited to for some reason. I mean, do you um, know the person, the, the people who got married? Or no, you just I don't. I don't. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just being a, yeah, I'm a wedding crasher. I'm being it a was a beautiful wedding. It was great. My boy Tarek, our friend, yes. Tarek and Jessica uh, got married and they had their, they, they didn't get married with us. We had the party. They got married in Maldives. Right. In the Maldives. Yes. They, they all of us with the, the beautiful weather. <laughs> so they, they had a great wedding and uh, Miss Clark was absolutely stunningly gorgeous at this thing. Um, and uh, we were sending pictures to Bo. <laughs> yeah. Sure. He wasn't invited. I felt, I felt a little left out. That's okay. That's okay. Well, uh, we do have a little bit of a time limit today, so I want to jump into it. And I'm going to let our boy David lead the way. Uh, and uh, let's jump into it. Let's catch up from – actually, sorry, before we do that, let's catch up on Aaron's fitness journey. So if you guys tuned in a few weeks ago – uh, we went through the assessment we did for Erin. She has her run shirt on. You want to show that off and shout those? Run, hustle, run. run. Oh, is, is that your running? <laughs> That's him running. As, as David has said on this podcast before, uh, the most running he will do is maybe if somebody has a gun. Um, I don't even think if he's running late for a bus, he's going to try to catch it or a subway. No, no. And uh, the only way he'll go 26.2 miles is in a car or on a bike. Um, That's right. That's so right. So through me. No problem. There you go. So catch us up a little bit, Aaron. I have obviously my thoughts. Uh, we have a lot of work to do. And we were waiting for uh, Corona to get back from Aruba and this wedding because you guys are going to also link up in person on this journey of Aaron's uh, healthy running. Yeah. So looking forward to that. So uh, Bo gave me some and he continues to give me some workouts to do daily. And I have been doing those, sometimes sending him the video, not been the best about getting him the video, but um, never fear, I am actually doing my workouts here at home. And um, he and Dave are going to be assessing me and then I'll be working with the two of them so that I can get stronger because I need to lift weights more. I need to incorporate um, weightlifting into my training. That makes you a better runner. I think a lot of times us runners just think we just go and do, and we forget about um, lifting weights. And so I'm really excited to incorporate that into my training so that I can be a better me. Again, just a reminder, guys, I am running the Berlin Marathon in September. We got a lot of work to do, sister. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I, to the challenge. I'm just going to say she looks absolutely fabulous. We just got a lot of work to do. That's all I'm saying. 
It, well, usually when there's a bad cop, good cop, I'm usually yeah. the bad cop, but that's okay if you're going to be the bad cop this time. Erin, uh, I wanted to ask you real quick, how do you feel about the virtual workouts um, compared to in-person stuff, having done some in-person stuff before? Um, I'm not going to lie. I would love to do more in-person, but I think the fact that I have Dave here in New York City and I can work out with him and he can incorporate some of the things that you're giving me into the workouts, it, it, it works out just fine. Ironically, it works out just fine. We will be starting very shortly, Aaron and I. So I'm looking and, forward to it. And to the listeners, depending on when you're hearing this, uh, stay tuned for more updates. And we're going to definitely do a little bit more in-depth uh, sharing of what's going on there. So we're going to jump to today's topic. And I, uh, I, I, I jokingly kind of uh, named this Aaron Clark knows black girls don't like to swim. Um, so uh, we, we might change that in post-production or whatever. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over to, to Dave uh, Corona here and uh, let you go with our topic of the day. Well, it's it's very interesting. It's cultural barriers. It's something that I really never really thought about. But I've heard a lot of stuff. You know, um, one of the funniest things that Aaron has done is Aaron has um, kind of incorporated two things that you know. One thing, especially swimming, that I a lot of the group, black girls that I know and Latino girls. It's not just black, but it's Latino girls also. Don't they don't do swimming and they don't like to exercise. Not they don't like to exercise, but there's 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 barriers there. But before we get into specifically, Aaron, let's let's just talk about some of the stuff that's out there that are barriers. Um, and I don't see it with with men. You just see it with women in this sense. Like we, let, we could talk about the Orthodox Jewish women um, where they're, they're, there's a protocol for them to wear. If there's men around, they have to have skirts below their knees, sleeves past their elbows. If they're married, they have to wear something on their head. And a lot of those women just don't really, it's a pain in the butt to go work out um, and to do these things. And what we're kind of running into, I think we all forget about this with fitness. It's such an easy thing. Like I just go up and go to the gym. I don't have to think about anything. But in this situation with, you know, there's in black culture and Latino culture, we don't, or Latinx culture, sorry. Um, we don't, we don't really have those barriers with the exception of certain things we will talk about with Aaron. But in the Orthodox Jewish culture, there, there's like, there's like a garb that you have to wear um, and you can't work out on the Sabbath. Um, Bo, you you know more about you were in Dubai, so let's discuss because you had a CrossFit in Dubai. Let's discuss. Oh, really important for us to kind of see the differences out there. Being and, and let's be clear about this: men do not have issues with going to work out unless they're lazy or they don't want to work out. Women have all this stuff around them that makes it more difficult and more complex. Take it away, Bo. A lot of it is because of the hair, though. Just, just want to point that out. We're going like, to get there, girl. We're going to get there. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do with it. So I, I got to throw it out there. I got to speak for my ladies. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh -huh. a, a full head of hair. <laughs> Aaron, while, while I'm going to talk a little about this, I'm going to challenge you to go grab some headphones because we do have a little bit of echo from you. Uh, so, so to address, well, first, before we even addressed Corona's question, I'm going to come right back to that. Aaron, go get your headphones. Um, <laughs> we, we, if you're watching the video, we do have Audrey Hepburn's, uh, I think that's the breakfast at Tiffany's poster or whatever. So, um, one, I want to reinforce our demand better mission. And we yes. skipped over that a little bit. So it's important for us to say this message and the reason we're going down this path other than having Aaron here, and this is an organic topic that came up, um, our mission here is to be a consumer's guide. So we want uh, black girls, uh, Jewish girls, Muslim girls, any any population. And again, I'm I'm a white cisgender male, uh, but I want to, you know, I, I, I'm trying to be an ally. You know, these terms get thrown around, and uh, not just to around racism, not just to black folks, but um, to and not just to Cubans. Um, but yeah, the Cuba, um, but yeah, so we're trying to be, uh, folks who are in the industry who, again, I grew up in Brooklyn in New York and, and yeah. I, I have had some experiences with all this. And again, even though I'm a cisgender white male, uh, I, I want to reiterate these resources and we can have these conversations and a shout out to, uh, Emmanuel Acho, uh, former linebacker with yep. the Philadelphia Eagles, Texas, he, Texas also. I think he was with the Eagles at some point, but yeah. Yes. Um, but he he has uh, uncomfortable conversations with a black man. So 
these are the kind of things that we're hoping to bring up. Aaron is taking a really long time to find these headphones. That's okay. Um, <laughs> that's okay. I'm going to keep talking. So, um, so I just wanted to re reestablish that. So anyone out there who's a provider, um, and I know a lot of folks in my physical therapy profession, a lot of personal trainers who don't know how to speak to these cultural barriers. And they might be in their own little bubble, and that's okay. But we just want to bring a little bit of light, having someone like Aaron share her experience, um, having someone like David share his experience uh, of, of being a trainer, of me being a physical therapist, and being able to empathize and change some of my approaches uh, with, with some of these things. So we're going to, unless you, you want to add no, something. No, to that. I, want to, I just want to kind of add to that. I mean, Listen, a lot of this stuff I I never really thought about. I mean, the the whole thing of Orthodox Judaism, where where you know men and women can't be doing certain things, that's not part of what I grew up with. But we've been around it, and we've seen it, um, and we have to be empathetic to it because those we don't. I don't. I'm not trying to dive into that so deep that I that I you know because they're not going to work with me, and you know a lot of those women are not going to be able to work with me because I am male. Um, and those are part of the limitations of that. And that's the same with a physical therapist, um, that they won't be able to work with males in general. So when this all pops up, it's foreign. It's absolutely foreign to me. And, and I think it's going to be foreign to a lot of people out there. And they need to understand you have to be somewhat empathetic when you kind of look at these situations because we're unaware. Don't be scared by it. Learn from it and embrace it. Absolutely. Aaron, I think you're going to unmute yourself. Uh, the, the last bit uh, we're going to say before we, we dive a little deeper is to your question, David, earlier, I wanted to make sure I got back to that about, uh, I opened a CrossFit gym in Dubai and in terms of Muslim women, uh, there are regulations. And we were talking a little before we went on, on air of every religion is going to have slightly different sex and rules about the male, female dynamic, uh, what they can be doing. Only their husband can see them in certain ways. Uh, some, a family member can see them in certain ways, but somebody who's outside of that circle uh, is not supposed to see them, whether it's parts of the skin or things like that. So there's all sorts of different ways that we need to uh, better understand those cultures and, and uh, religious aspects. So in our gym, we had a, a room upstairs that we designed so that only females can train there. You could not look in. They could actually look out onto the, the main gym floors on the second floor, and they could only have female trainers working with them in there. So uh, some interesting stuff and uh, different, again, we can dive as far as you guys want into that Muslim culture, uh, what Dubai is like, all that stuff. But I, I wanna take advantage of the fact that we have Aaron here and uh, jump into, uh, she talked about on the last episode, a little bit of, of uh, the, the whole thing with hair and swimming. So uh, let's let's hand it over to Aaron and, and catch us up on uh, specifically, I guess, black women uh, with with hair and getting wet and sweaty and, and all the things involved in that and how that becomes a barrier to fitness. I mean, most black women, I'll speak for myself and those that I'm close friends with, our hair in its natural state is curly, wavy to kinky or coily. And um, that means that it's not straight um, in, in short. Um, right now I'm wearing my hair in some curls, but it's not naturally like this. My curls are more on the, the, the tight curl side. And when my hair gets wet, then it's not so easy to get back to even curls that are defined as this. Uh, some women who have the same type of hair decide to chemically straighten their hair or what we call a press or um, a silk press. Um, a press and curl, that's what it was back in the day, and now it's called a silk press. Um, we choose to do that, which is a way that you straighten your hair with a flat iron. Um, but as soon as that hair gets wet, then that changes. And so it can cost, you know, from, I don't know, anywhere from maybe $50, $60 to over $100 to get your hair straightened or curly like this and to, to maintain your curls in a nice way. And so you got to think about that. If you're spending that type of money to get a specific hairstyle, you don't want to ruin that in a day or so. And so to jump in a pool and, you know, ruin this after I got it done yesterday or the day before to ruin a straight hairstyle after I got it done a day or so, like that is something that you don't want to do. Even if you were a man, if you spent a lot of money on, let's say, a nice shirt and pants, you wouldn't want to, you know, get it all dirty the very next day. 
So you, you, you want to have that for a little bit of time. So that's one of the barriers to working out, not only jumping in a pool, but running or working out in the gym that causes you to sweat. I know that I sweat in my head a lot. And so as soon as you start to sweat just a little bit, those edges and those roots, they, they, they start to become undone. And so that is a major barrier for some of us. But, you know, listen. You, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you struggling. You're trying no, to be I'm PC not, there? I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not, str I'm not struggling in that fact. What, what, I, what I'm kind of looking at is, is, you know, when we kind of look at numbers, um, the obesity rate in our culture is very, very, very high. Um, I came up with a stat. It's four out of five black women are overweight. Um, you know, that's an enormous number. And with that comes along something like diabetes and the, and these, 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 these issues that are preventable to me. You look fabulous. I, you know, I saw you yesterday at the wedding, you looked fabulous and you look fabulous today. And I kind of look at everything and I'm just kind of sitting there. I'm like, but you, and I'm not you, but our culture, we're, we're overweight and we're, the hair is more important than the exercise. And it's kind of hard to, to, to mesh those two. You know what I mean? Well, part of it is education. And I think that I could go to education with everything. Um, women, men as well, our cultures in general at large just need to be educated about fitness. We need to know that there are so many different ways to work out. Like Bo said that he loves CrossFit. And maybe CrossFit, while you're getting a very intense workout, you may not be sweating as much as you would if you were running 5, 10 miles. Or certainly if you were jumping in a pool, you yeah. can get a decent workout from a number of things. But um, many folks don't know about all the different types of things that you can do to get healthy. Can I, I want to jump in and ask a question here uh, as the cisgender white male. Um, <laughs> no, thank it, you very much for pointing that out. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, but something, you know, this is definitely something of interest to me. Uh, I, I followed a lot of the topics we're talking about here. So I'm very happy that we're bringing it to light. And hopefully this is a, a spark of a conversation that, uh, you know, somebody listening, uh, and I want to invite anybody out there listening, uh, to, reach out to any of us and, and express some of the struggles you guys have had with different cultural barriers and things like that. But I want to, I want to bring it over to something about black women, especially, um, and the medical system. So, you know, with the vaccines coming out, uh, th this became a bit of a topic. There's the Tuskegee experiments going all the way back yeah. and, and how, uh, you know, we're not, I don't know how much we're going to get into systemic racism and all that fun stuff. But, um, <laughs> but in terms of, and again, I'd love for you to speak to this, personal experience and maybe, uh, you know, uh, and, and this is something, you know, I've, I've, I've read a lot of the anti or, uh, ally, uh, was it, uh, rate, ra uh, being an anti-racist ally, all that good stuff. Uh, so I don't want to put it all on you, Aaron, to speak for the entire black, uh, culture, although that is kind of the, what we've set up here. Um, but at the end of the day, I want to ask the question of, uh, what is your experience in the medical system? Do you feel like, uh, or, or do you know of experiences that other black women have had of being, um, of, of being disregarded being, you know, there's the pain tolerance aspect yeah. of that. So I'll, I'll hand it off to you and ask, you know, that's, uh, what, that's mm -hmm. all true, by the it's, way, it's, but I'll let Aaron it's, spend it. It's all true. It's all very true. Um, I feel blessed that I grew up in, I, I grew up in a household where medicine and healthcare was very important. My mother was a registered nurse for over 30 years. So my experience in the healthcare system was very good. However, in my um, current day job, I work with many nonprofits that uh, deal with health and um, justice. And one of the things that we talk about a lot is exactly what you mentioned. Um, you know, we, we, we touch on, we have clients that, um, work in healthcare. We have clients that work specifically in black and brown communities. And it's very real that folks who are part of black and brown communities do not trust the medical uh, industry for a number of reasons. Like you said, um, Tuskegee experiments, um, Henrietta Lacks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but, 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 you know, 
those those are things that happened years ago. I mean, present day, like was it you or Dave that that mentioned pain tolerance? Uh, there are reports that um, black people don't feel pain as much as white people, and that's absolutely not true. And so, because of that, um, black women are disregarded when they go into the hospital for a number of things, to have um, a child. Um, maternal um, health rates are abysmal when you compare black women and brown women to white women. Um, there are 100%. more, yeah, there are more women um, who die uh, having a baby in America, not in third world countries, in America. There are more black women that die um, and it's because of a number of these things. So it, it, it's very real. And there's reasons why why these communities don't trust. Aaron, can I jump in on that a little bit for you? Because they, they are more, doctors are more apt to give pain medication to the women that live in my neighborhood. Okay. They, they, they will be more apt to be mm -hmm. given oxycodone or whatever you want to get. Mm -hmm. Because they come in and they say, you know, they I, I, give me a pill. I want to feel better. But if a black woman goes in and does that, um, then the perception is the that perception is user. you're an addict. Yeah, you're mm -hmm. a user. And I had a, I had a, I have a neighbor who's from Africa, um, and she's a doctor. And she was going through COVID, and she asked for medication, and they wouldn't give it to her. And she's a doctor. This isn't, and they were. She's in the hospital. They know she's a doctor, and they're not giving her the pain medication. Black women, Latino women, and people of color. The the the, from my understanding, this is my from what I've heard. It's exactly what Aaron said. They go to the doctor. They ask for pain medication. The next thing that, there's, that the assumption is, is that you're a user. And, and that right there creates an environment for the, for the medical industry. Because the medical industry is a mess anyways. But with this, when it comes down to this, it's a slap in the face. Because pain tolerance of anybody is about you. Some people have a higher pain tolerance. Some people do not. And not every person of color who comes in who says they have pain, and that is black, Latina, Latinx, sorry, um, and all that stuff, not every single person on there is an addict. It's an absolutely absurd situation. And as far as like the Tuskegee Project, and I've had conversations with a lot of my boys about this, look, we're not living in that time and day and age. I understand that. And it goes back to what Aaron said. It's education and trust. And if we don't have those two things together then we're going to have a problem when the and vaccines was, oh, i'm sorry i'll finish it when the yeah. vaccines came out bo i talked to my i talked to my doctors and they were taking it they're not going to kill all my doctors i can tell you that and when my mother who's 91 years old if it's about me and about being able to see my mom i'm going to take what's ever going to take for us to get from point a to point b I am blessed that I have a 91-year-old mother who is on zero medication. Zero medication. But when she goes to the doctor, they like, hey, rah, rah, rah. and I've been with her and the doctor, and I've seen my mother go through this. And it is absolutely abysmal for us to be sitting here in 2022 having a conversation about every time I come in for a pain pill, I'm an addict. It's absurd. Ahead, you know, Aaron, the I'm other sorry. thing I the other thing I want to point out um, about you and your mother, you're a Latino male, your mom is a Latina. And um, it's not just um, about issues of not trusting because we have been and when I say we, I mean, black and brown men and women, we have been treated unfairly in healthcare. But also there's a big issue of um, culturally sensitive care. Uh, yes. If you go to a doctor and they don't look like you or share similar racial and ethnic backgrounds as you, then you're less likely to want to go to this doctor because you they may not speak your language. They may not understand um, certain things about your, your ethnic background, your racial background, your religious background. Um, there are studies that show that Black men, when they go to doctors that look like them. So when they go to another black male doctor, that they follow the advice of this doctor and often health outcomes are better when people see doctors that look like them. It so that's a huge issue as well. But then that's another thing that we have to tackle in the healthcare industry as well. We need um, a more diverse healthcare 
industry. But let me bring it all back to health and fitness, fitness specifically, because that's what we're talking about. And fitness is a subcategory of the overall health industry. So if folks don't trust the doctors that they're seeing, if folks don't trust the healthcare industry in general, no disrespect to you being a personal trainer and Bo being a physical therapist, but they're not going to trust you guys either because you guys are health proxies. And so it's all about education. It's all about culturally sensitive care, no matter if you are a doctor who is giving me a medication to take or you're a doctor or a practitioner who's trying to help me move better. Which which I think this rolls right into, you know, our next topic, which which is this, which is what I've heard from from black and Latino women or Latinx women. Um, You know, it you know, my man likes me big. You know, it's not just the hair, but my man likes me bigger. That's why. So I'm going to keep that weight on because my, that's what my man likes. But you know and what? I, it's not it's not necessarily big. It's the curves. You know, yes. some 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 races, some cultural groups praise a different type of body shape. You yes. know, back in the day when we look at um, Richard Simmons and um, all the, you know, old school <laughs> workout <laughs> videos, you see a, a very particular body shape. And I would say that this transcends between black and white women, brown and black, brown and and white women that are in these videos. Um, They're all very thin. I would say the body shape is maybe an eye shape. And then, you know, if I'm allowed to say this, uh, you you think of Sir Mix-a-Lot song, you know, I like big butts, you know, he's talking about a rounder woman. And so a black or brown woman may like, may have a man who likes a rounder shape. But in, 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 in popular culture, that rounder shape is becoming very popular as well. We have the Kardashians who are praised for having a rounder shape, but they are not a traditional black it's or brown woman. It's not theirs. Well, 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 you know, I know that. And, and most people would, I think most people know that, you know, we can, we can argue for days if it is real or if it isn't real. That's not what we're here to do. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> Over time, that rounder shape has become more accepted. Again, culturally sensitive care. We need to be able to respond to people, whether it's in healthcare, giving someone medicine, whether it's in your respective fields of treating people, helping them move better in understanding what they want to look like. Um, I I, I can ask you, I I, I probably know the answer. There's a way to get a rounder shape by, you know, working out, right? Yes. If I do tons of, you know, lunges and squats and things that work on that lower body, right? But I'm going to stop you there because when it, two things. Um, First of all, there's a culture thing. When we came over from Cuba, uh, my father used to tell me people who were bigger, who were heavier, are, it's a sign of money. Yeah, and it, it's, it, it's a sign of affluence, and in our culture, that's what it was. When I move, when you when you come here now, I live in the Upper East Side. You see a lot of women that look like Twiggy, but <laughs> but they're very linear. But it's not real. You know what I'm saying? That's what their body is, um, and they are looking. And they normally a lot of them, and and to get the curves, they'll go buy a butt. They go get some boobs. There's a whole but. There's a whole industry on just trying to get stuff. And I always say this to Bo, and Bo knows this really, really well. There's a lot of women who want to look like J-Lo. It's a wonderful concept, a nice idea. Guess what? Have her parents and have her gene pool because you're never going to look like J-Lo ever in your life. And when we get into fitness and what we're trying to get into is we're trying to break these stereotypes and help these our communities to uplift themselves. There's, There's a lot of people trying to look and have that curvy butt. And when you kind of go on to Instagram, you have every time they talk about, you see a, a black female trainer, not every time, but I've seen it a lot. It's like, Oh, let me give you that glute workout. Let me get you that butt workout so that you can have that, that huge butt that you want to get. Um, and we see it all the time, Bo, you see it all the time on Instagram and, and it's, <laughs> Why are you pointing out Bo? Bo, you see it all the time on Instagram. No, because we because the reason the reason the reason oh, I bring don't this check up, my search history. No, <laughs> the reason I bring it up with Bo is because Bo and I've had this conversation, and this is a conversation him and I have had off you know off off air. Well, and, it's something it's something try, in in we've done that. We've been talking about this topic for over a month, and we tried to look up. And this is my next question. If unless you have you wanted to finish your point, Corona. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um. 
So my, my, my thought as we were investigating this, as we were looking like who's out there talking about this topic of these, these barriers. And again, the few uh, black female trainers that we found, again, you know, I shared with David, I shared with both you guys and it was a lot of, yeah, let's get, let's get your booty going girls. And, and that kind of thing, which again is what it is. So my question becomes uh, other than, you know, more STEM, uh, you know, science, technology, uh, English and math uh, and, and being targeted towards girls and uh, folks of color. Uh, what can we do? What can we do today? To and also, have, uh, by the way, happy Black History Month for anybody celebrating. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> Aaron, as, as the only uh, black girl here, I don't know if you, uh, in general, I've I heard. Mean, for me, Black History Month is every, every month of the year. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. And I, I kind of said it facetiously. So pardon my, uh, you know, maybe making a little light of that. But um, but seriously, I, my question becomes, what can we do? And I know we can't solve all racism and all systemic issues today. But is there something we can do? Do we need Oprah to, to step it up with? Here's holistic fitness. You know, F Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz is not holistic fitness um, <laughs> that she pushes. So is there something we could be doing other than, uh, you know, getting more black doctors, getting more Latino doctors uh, down down the pipe? Before before Corona steps in, I just want to point out uh, one thing, Bo. The fitness industry on social is highly saturated. I mean, Absolutely. anyone can get on Twitter. Anyone can get on YouTube or Instagram and start working out and we don't know what their credentials are. Even if they say that they're certified, we don't necessarily know that they are. And then if they're beautiful, if they have the butt or the figure, whatever it is that folks are looking for, if they have a catchy workout, then they'll get a substantial following. Um, but to say that there are African-American women, black and brown women who are training, um, and they're far and few in between. That's not exactly true. I mean, I, I can think of off the top of my head, there's um, a Nike trainer. Her name is Tracy Copeland. And Tracy has a lean body. Um, she's not a woman that you would look at and say, hey, I think that, you know, she has a fake body. Um, and she's a certified trainer and she works with Nike. So I think that's a brand that most people look at as being official. So um, I think that we should be careful with, with making those, those generalizations. But yes, or, or if we do point out that this is on social, that these are on platforms that just anyone can get on. And so we should try to point people to folks that we know are certified. And how do you know that somebody is certified? Well, you can check them just like you would, you know, do your research to find a good doctor. You can look on LinkedIn. You can look for reviews to find out what this person's credentials are, who they work with. So that's one bit of advice we can give people. We're talking about education. That's one way we can educate folks. If you're looking for a personal trainer, if you're looking for a physical therapist, if you just want to get a workout on, you're looking for somebody online because you don't have the time or the resources to go out and get a gym membership or work with somebody um, every day or every week, then do your research. Nothing is, you, you can't get the best results quickly. You guys say that all the time, right? Quick fixes never work. I, so I will say, I will say this too. We did an episode on this on, I, I think it was episode one or two, episode one where we we discussed how to find a trainer. I'm being on social isn't the way to do this, um, because nine times out of ten, I'm 53 years old. You know, I don't have six pack abs, but I can actually get people <laughs> to where they got to get from point A to point B. If you are willing to work and understand that this is going to be a journey and it's not a journey for just, I want to go to the Hamptons. I want my butt to look good or whatever. I want my, I want my abs to come out. It, that's not what it's about. I think what's ended up happening is that in a lot of situations with people of color, um, time is limited and education is, is scarce because you're, you're struggling to do something else. And that's not all situations, but you're trying to get ahead and you're trying to do stuff. And there's a lot of single mothers and stuff like that, that are trying to do this, but there's, there's no path because you, when you look at it, if you do something in fitness and you're, it could actually hurt you and damage you and push yeah. you back a step or two, you need to find somebody and make a small investment or an investment with somebody 
who's willing to work with you as at where you're at. This isn't about my one program fits everybody because it's not true. But if you have 30 minutes, you could do Bo's 30, 30, 30 program, which he has where he can tailor make it as well as I can. We could tailor make something for 30 minutes. You got to do it in home. This is what you're going to need. This is how you got to do it. This is how you do the movements. If you just do movement for movement, you may be creating a new issue for yourself. And I think you're a hundred percent right, Aaron, and, and the generalization of, of what this is, but this is, like you said, it's oversaturated and there's the, usually the guy or the girl who's got six pack abs is 23. Yeah. 23. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Younger and, than all of us. Yes. <laughs> right 23, 24, 25. They, they can eat McDonald's, go get hammered, come back to the gym and still look fabulous. Yeah. If I, I mean, if, when I was in high school, when I was in my twenties, um, yeah, <laughs> I could eat whatever I wanted and it didn't matter what I did. I still had, you know, a flat stomach that after you get a certain age, you know, it's just not that easy anymore. And no, that's the reality. But it's work. It's work. And I and I think with the health issues that we have in black and brown communities, we really need to get together and really start finding the appropriate people for us to do it in a targeted manner so that we can get the results that we need to get. I don't think it's just you going on to social doesn't mean that that person is going to be able to direct you. They may know nothing. They just might look fabulous and they don't know anything going forward. And this is what I did. Well, I'm not 23. I'm 53. What can you do for me? How can we do this? And that's not what's being addressed anymore in this, in this industry. This is about making money fast and getting, and let me tell you something. I can get you six pack abs in six weeks, six movements, six minutes, Five days a week, you'll be ripped. Well, what about your diet? There's so much there that hasn't been discussed. And a lot of problems with health in in the black and brown communities is the way we eat. I'm Cuban. I don't eat like a Cuban, but rice and beans, fried this, fried that, delicious. Absolutely delicious. You could do, you know, 100 sit-ups, crunches every single day. But if you're taking in more calories than you should, you're taking in foods that aren't healthy, then you're not going to see those six pack abs. And another thing that I want to point out that you said is that if you're following somebody on social media, if you subscribe to someone's YouTube channel and you do their workout every single day, but let's say you miss a day, maybe you're supposed to do this workout for 10 days straight and you miss a day, then you can't call them up and say to them, well, what can I do to make up for that day that I missed? Or if you get hurt doing a workout um, because you're not doing the movement properly, they can't help you adjust. So working with somebody, whether it's virtual, like I'm working with Bo, like the way I'm working with Bo, or if you're going and seeing somebody in person, they can help you adjust. So, I mean, no shade to the millions of folks who are out there creating programs on social media they have found a niche. They are trying to reach people who, for whatever reason, don't have the resources to go and see someone. But if you want to do something like that, my advice would be to do it in tandem with someone who can actually work with you and tailor a regimented workout. Would you say that, guys? 100%. But I will say this before I let Bo in. Um, you You could call me or Bo up, right? And we could say you the some of the parameters we will give you is how much time do you got? Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's do an assessment. And people, and if you go to a trainer, I say this a million times. If you go to a trainer, they don't assess you. You are in a black hole. Um, and then what we got to do is we have to tailor make it around what your needs are. Bo, go. <laughs> Thank you. Um, somebody left uh interesting. We got somebody, I don't know if you guys can see the comments on the side there, YouTube. I can't, so you gotta read them to us. That's all right. Uh, there's, it's interesting. I was, but yeah, you beat me to it as, as you were going, Corona. Um, I was going to jump in about the food because, again, in researching this, I spoke with a lot of clients that I currently have and, and uh, Hispanic girls, black girls that, are, um, that brought up this, the culture of food and how their family especially pushes food on them. Um, and there's a huge difference. There's that, that kind of connection of food, right? Um, and then based on that, and again, I'd love to hear your, your perspective, Aaron, on this is, uh, I know, you know, we kind of grew up in the same close ish environment at least high school and all that. But, uh, the fact that healthy food is, I don't know, like, again, we were doing some research about this and like, 
oh, like eating a salad for lunch is like a white person thing um, or it's a privilege thing. And then there, there's some of that and there's some aspect to, uh, you know, there's food deserts we haven't talked about. Mm -hmm. There's, again, the cultural thing where you're, oh, you're getting too skinny. And, and that happens in a lot of uh, European cultures, too. And for whatever reason, um, you know, it, 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 it became like, well, you look good. Um, and, you know, we're actually going to celebrate that you can perform athletic things versus. But you're you unhealthy you. because you're too skinny. Yeah. And, and, and I'll just throw this one out there before I let you go is um, we started the last episode with Lizzo. And <laughs> this is a big topic. And, and there's the concept of like healthy at any weight. And no. so if you are in the 30 percent obesity category, there, there's no getting around it. Like you can't it's hard to be healthy there. You're, you're, you're probably have plaques in your heart, in your vessels. Um, you know, we can talk and, and, and I can certainly go down the path of the science of it all, but I think healthy at any weight is a dangerous, uh, you know, whether, whether you want to call it woke, liberal, PC, whatever, all these kind of um, things of like, hey, you're fat shaming. And now we want to, we want to, you know, balance that out. Adele lost a bunch of weight and got, you know, crit critiqued significantly. Uh, for I don't, I don't even know what the rationale was at that point, but <laughs> but but I did want to bring that up, and I want to bring it back to you, Aaron, around uh, maybe some of your experience around the food and eating healthy. And you said it like if you're eating more calories than you are burning every day, you, you're just never going to lose that weight. Um, and and that's the question: is, is there that cultural element? Is that something you grew up with? Um, and can you can you speak to that a little bit? Um, I've always been on the thinner side. And so all throughout my life, I was called Skinny Mini, and my family is um, West Indian from the country of Grenada, and folks were always trying to force food on me. Oh, the girl doesn't eat enough. I, I think I eat quite enough. When I'm hungry, I eat. Sometimes I, you know, overeat. My favorite food is pizza. It has it's, <laughs> it's, it's not a cultural thing, but I mean, I can, you know, eat a whole pie in a sitting if I'm really hungry, just because that's my favorite food. So, um, and that's by all means not healthy. I'm not suggesting that anyone do that. But um, I, I say that to, to, to give you the illustration of at any weight in any culture, this can be put upon you. If you are considered skinny and whatever that is, because I, I have a friend, um, one of my best friends, she is not, we're, we're by, no means the same weight. She's much taller than me and she's slim. And she's been told that she's skinny mini and she needs to eat a little bit more. So it has, sometimes it has nothing to do with the weight. Sometimes it just has something to do with your, your body, um, your frame and, and what it looks like to you. Um, before I continue down this, Bo, I wanted to get back to the question that you said that someone asked. I think that it's important that we pay attention to the questions folks ask. Which, which one was that? You said a question came in. Oh, oh no, no, no. We're chat. not gonna we're not gonna even look at that, Bo. No. Bo, don't even do it. Oh, absolutely. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, so then shall we we're we're running out of our time. So shall we wrap up with what I, I always kind of throw at you guys with what's your bit of advice? I got no, but I got one question for you. Just just okay. one simple question. And when when you're kind of looking at it, what advice would you give black and brown women or to, to, to push them forward because I don't like the BMI thing is ridiculous to me. And I agree with Bo in the sense of healthy at any weight isn't true. I'm just sorry. It's just not true. But what would you, what advice would you give? Because I think coming from you, it comes different than coming from me. So what advice would you give to black and brown women about their health journey and how maybe they should go about it or the misnomers within our own cultures that are holding us back? That's a good question, Dave. Um, I will always fall back on education. I will always fall back on if you don't know, then ask somebody who does know. Um, look for somebody that looks like you. I, I go back to that statistic about um, Black men seeing Black doctors, Black and brown people having better outcomes because they're seeing um, doctors that have the same racial and ethnic backgrounds as them. It takes a little bit of work. And as I mentioned earlier, nothing is done quickly. And so if you really want to be healthy, then you have to invest that time, whether it's, you know, five to 10 minutes a day scouring the internet to find a doctor that looks like you, it'll pay off. So that would be my advice. 
I think it's great advice. I'll, I'll jump. I'll jump in and say I know there's a few. Um, and again, and again, this goes down. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Jordan Peterson and things like that. And again, yeah. as a white man, I'm going to throw my hands up and say, I'm only throwing this into the sake for the sake of some conversation, but I do know like within physical therapy, uh, and, and medicine, there are organizations of the, like the national black physical therapist association. That's a thing. Um, one of my best friends who actually had a practice, he just moved out of, it was on the same block as Brooklyn tech where Aaron and I went to high school for anyone who missed that. Um, <laughs> he was the only black owned physical therapist clinic in all of Brooklyn, which is pretty surprising at some point that might've changed, but, uh, he started having the, the, you know, the, uh, the network of other black personal trainers. He had them on his podcast. Um, so there is that network and there is some resources out there. And I, I want to, you know, we'll try to link some of those in our show notes for those listening. And if anyone wants to uh, direct us, cause you know, uh, it's not something I've seeked out personally. I've seen those guys. I've tried to support where I can. Um, but I think that, that it's important to, to put out there that there are resources for that. I guess my, my challenge to that is, uh, yeah, I think I don't want to challenge it. I'm gonna. <laughs> I challenge. I challenge the industry. I challenge you yeah. guys in your industry to just like I'm telling or I'm suggesting to folks that are looking to become healthier to educate themselves. I challenge the industry to educate itself as well. Um, we we talked briefly about hair, and um, this doesn't have to do with fitness, but I just use this example as an illustration. Um, a big complaint for um women who have curly or coily hair, especially when they move out of metropolitan cities, is that they can't find a hairdresser that does their hair. Yeah. Um, because the hair salons, they cater to the community that is there. And, you know, maybe there might be just, you know, one or two black or brown people who come into that shop. And so a number of the, the stylists don't know how to do curly or coily hair. But to be a great hairstylist, you should know how to do all types of hair. So I bring that back to the industry in general. If you want to be a good personal trainer, if you want to be a good physical therapist, then you should seek out um, information about the community at large. Um, black and brown folks, Asian folks, there are so many cultures that make up our beautiful country. Yes. And we shouldn't just tailor our workouts the medicines that we're giving people and a number of other things to just one group of people. That is being inclusive is the way to go. Being inclusive is the way to make everyone better, to bring everyone up. And, and coming and bouncing off of your question, Aaron, what I would like to tell people is, is very, very, very basic things because somebody looks a certain way and they, they you might say, Oh, I want to look like them. You have to put everything into perspective. You need to find people who are going to meet you where you're at and you need to find people that are going. And I will say this to you a million times. If they don't do an assessment, you're in the wrong spot. I am sorry. You are in the wrong spot because you don't build a house without plans. It's just that simple. This is your most important asset and you need to seek out and do your research and educate yourself so that you can be the best person you can be. Come, the motto of this show is demand better. And the reason we we are making this show is to give a resource to all people, to be inclusive for all people to benefit from this. And we want you to get better. If you have a question, send it in. We'll be more than happy to answer. And by the way, Erin's going to be with us for a while because she's part of the squad. <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I really, really want to make sure that people of color, we're not picking on anybody. We want to give you resources and we want to help you going forward. Demand better for yourself. Demand better from what you get. Because if you're spending money, you need to really, 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 really find the right person that fits you. And if you can't do that, reach out to us. We'll be more than happy to help you at any given turn. And that is my closing statement on this topic. And Aaron, I, I thank you so much. I think that. that that's a perfect way to close this out. I will tell a quick anecdote about uh, a total tangent and it's not necessarily related to the cultural barrier. I was uh, just uh, trying to get the last word in Dave. He, he <laughs> wouldn't let you end. <laughs> I think David did a, it was very poetic and I appreciate that. Also, we got a comment from uh, one of our classmates, Aaron Paul Nichols, who is running for governor of New York. So anyone out there listening, check out his page, check him out. Uh, consider voting for the man. 
if every vote counts, folks, every vote counts. Paul, um, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you for being there. I did ask him to be on 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 my podcast, but he has yet to. Uh, he's a big man. He's a big man. He's, he's a an important guy. He's a busy guy. Um, but I did want to add this this story, and this is a, a bit of a tangent. There's some interesting stuff. Maybe we can discuss another point. Up, oh, women in general, but specifically uh, my wife's Lebanese and her family. When she was working out with me, getting muscular, um, they told her no middle Middle Eastern man will want you. Um, and, and wow. that was, a, I think a bit of that culture too, of like, Hey, mm -hmm. you're like too muscly. You're, you're supposed to be feminine. You're supposed to have babies. You're supposed to be in the kitchen. Like that's, that's the culture, not just any, not just Lebanese, not just yeah. black, not just Hispanic, but that's like, that's the thing. You're not encouraged to be strong. And at the end of the day to what Corona said is, uh, you know, your man wants you big or your family wants you to produce babies. That's great. Um, but at the same time, if you can be strong, you're going to live longer. You're going to be a more productive member of society. That's my definition of fitness is how useful are you to society? Um, and that, and that, and that, and there's many ways we can go about that. But anyway, I did want to get the last word in. Sorry for, and thank you for calling me out on that. Um, but I, I do, I do appreciate again, of course, you guys being here, uh, Aaron, sharing your perspectives and uh, my dog's still trying to play with me. And uh, for anyone listening again, if you want to join into the conversation, as David said, please, uh, right in the questions. We are going to be respectful of Aaron's time. And I'm going to let Aaron have the last closing uh, Jerry Springer thoughts. So <laughs> I don't know why you want to call it Jerry Springer thoughts. Um, I don't really have any closing thoughts to give. I, I thought that I was giving my closing thought when I said education. I told you I'm going to fall back on that at any given moment. Education is, is where it's at. And, and that I don't think is going to lead you astray. There is a lot of information out there. Um, whether it's on social media, whether it's on the internet, but take your time, do the work. And I think that that will not lead you astray. Perfect. And we'll Perfect. end it there, guys. I know I got 1% better. Um, I always do with these guys when I get a chance to talk with them and I get some of their time. Hopefully you guys got at least 1% better out there. And don't forget to demand better from us, from yourself, from your doctors, from the medical system, from everyone. And uh, we'll leave it off there. We're going to sign off and uh, hope you all have a happy day. And yes, uh, every month is Black History Month in, in, in my book as well. So thank you for sharing that perspective as well. Signing off. See you Talk later, you guys. guys See you next later. Time.